So I was listening to a podcast the other day. It's a podcast that I really enjoy. I like listening to it. It's called, so here it is. It's called Pints with Aquinas. All right, so it's Thomas Aquinas. And this guy, Matt Frad, is the host. He's a great Catholic guy. And it's called Pints with Aquinas. And his whole premise is like, okay, if you could sit down with Thomas Aquinas, probably the greatest theological mind to ever live, and you could ask him any question, what would it be? And so he, he sits down with the works of St. Thomas Aquinas and he goes through these different questions that we might ask and does it in a very conversational way as if you were just sitting down with Thomas Aquinas and having a beer with him and discussing these things. So it's a very uh, interesting podcast. I really recommend it, especially to all you adults out there. If you have a long commute or something like that, put on that podcast. And that's a, a great way to learn about your faith and to grow in your knowledge of the faith. But anyway, I was listening to him. And he had on, for this episode, a theoretical particle physicist, all right? So this very intelligent guy, very brilliant guy, also happens to be a Catholic, also happens to know a lot about the teachings of Thomas, Thomas Aquinas. And so he's talking back and forth. They're talking about the universe. They're talking about the existence of God. They're talking about the Big Bang. They're talking about all these great, interesting topics. And at one point, the host, Matt Frad asks the scientist, the physicist, he asks him what the scientific community thinks about this certain topic, whatever it was they were talking about. And the scientist gives him this answer. He tells him what the scientific community thinks. But then at the end of his answer, he said something really interesting. He said, well, it really doesn't matter what we think about it, does it? As scientists, we don't evaluate ideas based on whether or not we like them. We don't evaluate ideas based on whether or not we want to believe them, in other words. We evaluate ideas based on whether or not they're true. And I thought about that and I thought, wow, what great freedom there is in that. As a scientist, what great freedom there is for them to be able to simply go out and discover, to encounter the natural world and discover. They're not going out to place their own meaning on creation. They're not going out to decide what creation means. No, rather, creation already exists. The natural world already exists. They're simply going out to discover and encounter it and understand it. And again, what freedom there is in that. They can be totally free to discover what already exists, the reality that's already there. And as a scientist, that's an awesome thing. But at the same time, it takes a little bit of humility, doesn't it? It takes a little bit of obedience, doesn't it? For the scientists to simply be able to go out and say, okay, I'm not going to decide or make any value judgment on what I discover today. I'm simply going to go out and receive it and conform my own mind to the reality that already exists. That takes a level of humility to be able to conform our minds to what already exists, the reality, the truth that is already out there. And so if we think of it this way, a scientist or, or a mathematician maybe would never go out and say, I don't feel like believing whatever this thing is that's already true. So I use this example a few weeks ago. So if you've already heard it, well, tough, I'm going to use it again. <laughs> so take one of the most basic truths that everybody in the world agrees on. Two plus two is four. 
Everybody in the world literally agrees on that. What if a mathematician were to take that proposition and say, you know what, it actually makes me sad to believe that 2 plus 2 is 4, so I choose not to believe it. I choose to believe that 2 plus 2 is 5. We would tell them, well, you're crazy. You can't just do that. That's the reality. 2 plus 2 is 4. We have to believe that because it's true. But if they continue to decide to believe something that's not true, they lose their freedom. They make that one mistake, and that mistake leads them to more mistakes. And then more mistakes leads them to an even greater web of mistakes. And in doing that, they lose their freedom to be able to discover what's true. They lose their freedom to be able to discover the truth about the reality that already exists. And so again, it's a beautiful thing that in science, in math especially, you're able to go out and just discover. I studied math in my undergraduate degree, so I, I have a little bias here, I guess. I love math, and that's one of the things that I always loved, is that it's often black and white, it's often an answer that you can find, and you get to keep discovering more and more about the truth of the reality that already exists. And so now you might be thinking, well, that's great, Father, but what does that have to do with the fourth Sunday of Advent? I'm glad you asked. Here it is. The point I'm trying to make is that it takes humility to be able to, to discover the truth. And it's actually in obedience to the truth that we find true freedom. Obedience, brothers and sisters, equals freedom. And I know that's not a popular idea, especially in our society, in our culture today. I know that's not a popular thing to say. People hear that word obedience and immediately kind of like recoil from it. It's almost a bad word in our society today. People might say, obedience? There's no way I'm going to be obedient to anybody else. I'm going to choose what's right and wrong. I'm going to choose what's true. I'm going to choose what to believe. I'm going to choose what makes me happy. I'm going to choose what to do with my own life. But again, brothers and sisters, that's not obedience. That's the opposite of what we're called to do. The reality, the truth of our existence already has been decided by God. God has already chosen what's true and false. God has already chosen what's right and wrong. God has already chosen what plan he has for you, what his will is for you. And it's only in that obedience that we find true freedom. And now we see Mary in these weeks and we hear the story of Mary. We see her encountering the will of God given to her by the angel. We see her radical humility and obedience to that will. She goes in haste to meet Elizabeth after she receives the news from the angel. We see her totally surrendering to the will of God. And it's in that surrender that she finds the true blessings that God wants to give her, that she finds true freedom, true peace, and true joy. And I think we can all agree that we all want those things. We all want to be free. We all want to be joyful. We all want to be peaceful. That's just how we're made. That's what we're made for. But it only comes, brothers and sisters, through humility and obedience to God's will. And so let's think of it this way. 
what if Mary, upon receiving the will of God, had heard the message of the angel and said, eh, actually, I, I really don't want to do that, God. I would rather choose to make my own path. I would rather choose to decide what makes me happy. Thanks for your input, God, but I'm going to choose my own path. What would have happened? Well, first of all, we'd be in a much worse place, right? That never would have happened. Our salvation never would have happened. But on a more personal level with Mary, she would not have been peaceful. She would not have been joyful. She would not have been free. Because just like that mathematician who decides to believe that 2 plus 2 is 5 leads to more and more and more mistakes, they lose their freedom to discover what's true. It's the same with us. When we did decide to not believe God's will for us or to choose to believe something different, we lose our freedom. God has made us to live according to the gospel message. God has made us to live according to his plan for us. And it's only in receiving that plan that he has for us and acting accordingly that we'll have that true peace and joy that he wants us to have and that we all want to have. So brothers and sisters, again, I know this isn't a popular idea, but I'm going to say it. Obedience equals freedom. That word obedience literally means to listen to, to listen to somebody. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we're meant to listen to him. We're meant to go and to hear his will, hear the words that he has for us in our prayer. And I know in prayer, we're really good at speaking. We're really good at saying things to God. We're really good at, at saying um, maybe memorized prayers or maybe going to God and telling him the things that we need. Or going to God and saying thank you or sorry for our sins. And all of those things are great. We need to do those things. But we're seriously missing something in our prayer if we're not listening. If we're not sitting in that silence and waiting to hear the word of God. If we're not trying to be obedient to his word. So, brothers and sisters, as we approach the great feast of Christmas in just a couple days... Let us open our hearts and our minds to hear the word of God. Let us make that act of surrender to the will of God, to receive everything that he has for us and to give ourselves totally to him and all that we do in our lives so that we can be totally free, so that we can be totally peaceful and totally joyful. Obedience equals freedom. Let us lay down our lives before Jesus Christ, our Savior, and always strive to receive that happiness that he has for us.